What's up, everybody? How's it going? Hi. Oh, man. Seriously, it's, there's something going on here. I'm just, I'm just like seeing it the last couple weeks. Um, I, I really do believe this. I'm not just saying this because, you know, I'm a youth pastor. I'm just saying this because I got to believe in spiritual things. I, I like really believe, even as I was just, um, just watching you guys worship, that like God's going to do something through this group of people. Like soon, now, I think you guys are getting fired up for like the kingdom of God. Um, and I just want to encourage you, d- just pursue that. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Let me ask you guys a question tonight as you guys get in your notes. How many people have ever done something really gross? Raise your hand. Like whether you were like a chore or like maybe your mom told you to like clean the toilet or like you had to clean up after like a brother or sister who like, you know, threw up their lunch or something. I don't know what it would be. Um, but I'm going to tell you a couple things that were like super gross to me. Um, I grew up, does anyone have dogs? Anybody? Dogs? I grew up my whole life, even when the two that I grew up with passed away, my parents got more, uh, two Labrador Retrievers. Uh, does anyone know what a lab is? Big, they're like not huge, like Great Dane dogs, but they're, you know, they're, they're pretty mid-sized dogs, uh, especially ours. Ours are like really fat. Like you ever seen those really fat dogs? Um, they they're kind of look like wiener dogs, but they're labs. And um, so my chore, because it was me and my sister, and for whatever reason, my mom didn't make my sister do this, but my chore was to pick up after my Labrador retriever, okay? Um, and we didn't have like grass or dirt in the backyard. We, um, so I couldn't use a shovel. We had like these big river rocks because I had this pool. So we had these huge river rocks. And so the first time my mom asked me to, to go take, you know, take care of, of my dog's business, uh, she said, I said, mom, I don't, the shovel's not going to work because it's just going to like get deeper into the rocks. And she goes, yeah, yeah, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take this plastic bag and I want you to put it over your hand backwards. And then I want you to take another plastic bag and I want you to just pick it up with your hand, but you're like, the plastic bag's covering it. And has anyone ever done that or just, just me? Oh, wow. Look at all these like baggy poop picker uppers in the room. Like that's exactly, I, I remember, and, and sometimes it just gets nasty, like, you go to, like, pull your hand out of the deal, and it, like, comes off, and it's like, oh, sweet, like, there's stuff in my hand, and there's no bag, um, so that was, like, my life, okay, I, I grew up, like, every week, picking up after these two just fat Labrador retrievers, um, so then, fast forward, I guess, you know, I guess eight years since I've lived at home and uh, seven years. And now I have to clean up the poop of more living things. Okay. I'm a dad now of two babies. Um, And here's what I'm going to say. I've heard parents talk about like their kids and changing diapers and it's cute. Okay. They're lying. It's gross. Like every time I'm around Bryce and he just does the business, I'm like, Something died in that kid's underwear or diaper. And, and then, you, you know, you, you put him on the changing table and you're like, okay, Bryce, let's go. And you take the diaper off and he goes, poo. He's like, yeah, that is poo. It's gross. And he just keeps kicking his feet, poo, poo. He's like, you are the devil. Um, and something foul just came out of you. How beautiful you can be and that can come out. Um, I, I don't know what that is for you tonight, uh, but here's why I bring that up. Not because we're talking about poo all night, um, because we're not, but here's what we're talking about tonight. We are talking about jumping in, getting messy, if you will, Um, just kind of what I was talking about when we first started, is I really believe that we're kind of on a verge right now of something in our hearts that's like beating for like the kingdom of God. 
just seeing you guys on Sunday night, and man, I, I walked around and just kind of read some of your prayers on the ground, and like, God's doing something in this ministry. God's doing something with the teenagers that are here tonight, and maybe some that couldn't make it, but refuge as a whole, I really believe God's doing something, and so we just want to kind of challenge you, as we're going to take a few weeks off and, and then join into a house and all this, to, to, to get involved and, and to get messy, if you will, in the kingdom of God. And so the first question I'm going to ask tonight, and it's on your sheet, is this. What would it look like if, the stud- if students started to do something now? What would it look like if the refuge students started to do something right now for the kingdom of God? What would it look like for your school if the students in this room and the students a part of this ministry started to do something right now for the kingdom of God and realize that they can get plugged in and they can get messy and they can join in on what God's doing, not only like in this church, but in the city and in this world. What would it look like for the, for the city of Las Vegas if 100 students that meet every week at a thing called Refuge really said, man, I'm on board with the kingdom of God and I'm jumping in, whatever I gotta do. Last week we looked at, uh, I talked a little bit at the building about um, we have this bad thought of the word now. Like maybe it's just me, but like there's always like a next step for you, whether that's you're in junior high and the next step for you is high school, or maybe the next step for, if you're in high school is you need to get your driver's license or start dating that guy or that girl, or then, and then it's I want to graduate high school, and then it, what college am I going to, what major am I going to major in, uh, what's my career, when am I going to get married, when am I going to have kids, and it's like we always want to live in the future of like if I can get to this point. And I think sometimes, because I know I do it, sometimes we think, man, one of these days I'll take my faith seriously. One of these days I'll get involved in the kingdom of God and I'll do something. Well, tonight the challenge we're going to talk about here, we're going to talk about in your small groups, is we really want, if one of you catches this, we're stoked. What if you started to do something right now and ask God, what do you want of me? What can I do in your kingdom to make it grow and to make it explode all over the world? And so... um, we're going to talk about doing tonight. And here's the deal. I've only been in church for eight years, okay? Like the first time I walked into a church to now, it's like eight years. And some of you guys were born in church. So you got me beat like by maybe double. Maybe you've been in church for like 16 years. But here's what I've noticed in churches, and maybe you've noticed this too. It gets tricky, and people start getting kind of offended and kind of like, whoa, whoa, When you start telling them to do something. Like when you start telling people, Hey, um, the Bible kind of tells us not to just come and sit in a service and enjoy it and love the music and love the teaching and, and we kind of just fill, 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 fill up and then we never actually do anything with it. And so when you start challenging people that the Bible kind of talks about that, they get like real weird. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is my personal relationship with Jesus and you're invading my personal space. Maybe, maybe some of you have thought that. Maybe some of the things that refuge you hear, you're like, I like that. That's cool. That helps me, man. That's like a feel good. It like, makes my heart flutter. That's cool. Uh, I really like that song that Ben sang. Oh, God, I hate when Ben sings that song. That sounds stupid. Or, oh, Scott said that. I ain't doing that. That's, that's whatever. He, he can think what he wants, you know. He, he, he interpreted the Bible wrong or, or whatever. And, and we kind of have this mentality. And I think in America, I, I really just kind of, over the last eight years, just observing church. I think in America, we've kind of painted this bad picture of the church. And what we've created is a church where people come and they spiritually pig out. Here's what I mean by that. It's like when I go to Texas State Brazil. Who has ever been to Texas State Brazil? Anybody? Woo! 
because you almost died, right? Because you ate so much. You almost literally died. Um, that's, my, that's my experience. Okay, but here's what you do in Texas and Brazil. You just flip that little thing over, and it's got a little green thing, and that means bring the meat on, okay? So they come, and they're like, lamb? And you're like, yes, you're like chopped lamb. And then you're, they're like a chicken, and they're like these little dough balls with like cheese. Oh, my goodness. It's so good, right? Um, but here's what you do. Like, I took a bite of lamb, and I'm like, gross, get that away from me. And there's like a whole plate of lamb, because I thought I would love it, but I just ditch it. It doesn't matter how much there is. And then I'm like, give me the filet mignon, give me, give me the, the house special, right? And we've created that in church. Like I just said, some of us come to church, and some adults, maybe some of your parents, I know I've done this. We come to church, and we want to ditch the bad, ditch the stuff that kind of infringes on who we are, like doing something, action, and we kind of... We kind of go, okay, I don't like that. Go, that's the lamb. Just get it away from me. Ooh, I really like that. That's like, man, if I just have faith in God, he'll bless me. Ooh, I love that stuff. That's good. And so we, we kind of jump to the filet mignon or the, or the house special. So it gets weird when you start telling people, especially I think teenagers, like tonight could be weird for some of you because you, it's weird when you start telling students, the Bible gives us this command to do something. Here's, here's what Jesus says, for example. It's going to be on the screen. I think it's in your notes. There's a responsibility we have. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter seven. He says this, you can identify them. He's talking about who's real and who's fake. Who's the false teachers? Who are the people that are legit? You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. See that? That's like, that's not by the way they sit in the service, by the way they raise their hand at refuge, by the way that they seem really into it when they're here, by the way their Facebook status or whatever says that they're Christian. It doesn't say you can identify the Christians by the way that they attend church and they have their little personal closet, intimate relationship with Jesus. No, it says you can identify them by their fruits, by the way that they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Those are kind of like outdated terms you don't really use anymore. Here's what Jesus is saying. If you go to an orange tree, are bananas going to be on the orange tree? No. If you go to an apple tree, are you going to find pears? The answer is no. No. Jesus is saying if something is an orange tree, it only produces oranges. So you're like, what does that mean? Here's what that means. If a Christian is a Christian following after Jesus and the relationship isn't phony or fake and it's passionate following after Jesus, here's what the Bible says. There will be evidence of that. If I'm an orange tree of Christianity, I'm not producing bananas or, or pears or apples. The Bible says, I am what I say I am. My life spills out what I say I am. So you see what I'm talking about? Like, as I set this up tonight, like Jesus kind of lays it out and the Bible kind of lays out. There's, there's like this responsibility. That like, it's not just what you say, but what you do. And so tonight, as we jump in, um, it's kind of cool. Here's how it works at the Hope offices, okay? Um, we all have like our own roles, like Hope staff. And so uh, who all goes to the main service at Hope Baptist Church, by the way? Let's just get a raise of hands, okay? Every hand should be up, just saying, okay? Everybody needs to be getting plugged in. Dude, we got some amazing teaching, some awesome worship. I mean, 
just come. Don't sleep in anymore. Like, if you want to sleep in, sleep in on Saturdays, but come to the, or sleep in on Sundays, but come to the Saturday night service. Because here's what happened this weekend. So I, I'm, I'm studying for this, and I'm like praying about this. Okay, God, how are we, as students, we figure out how to, how to involve students to do something now. Where would you kind of bring me in the text? And, he, and we landed on this text that we're going to go through in a minute. And then I get to the main service, and Pastor Vance, who's always just bringing rain, He is out of the same verse, and I'm like, dang, okay, like, Jesus wants us to hear something tonight, okay? So if you went to the main service, you already heard this, but that's good, because I think I need to hear it more than once, and you probably do too. Um, But if you have your Bible, you can open it up to Ephesians chapter 2. We just finished up a study through um, Philippians chapter 2, which was awesome, and you can pick those those, uh, messages up on the podcast if you want. Um, so tonight's kind of a standalone deal. We're really challenging us to, to get involved in God's activity. And we're doing that out of Ephesians chapter 2 first. Um, we're in verse 8 through 10. It's the same verse as Vance read this weekend. And it's powerful stuff. It's like the gospel, like the whole Christian faith just boiled into these, these, these awesome verses. Here's what it says. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of your own doing, it is a gift from God. Pause right there. That's verse 8. Here's what it says. Only by God's grace, which we talked about a lot this weekend. If you didn't get the message, download the podcast. Hope Baptist Church. Grace is a gift from God. It's only by grace that you and I are saved. That's it. It's not nothing I did. And that's what it goes on to say. Not as a result of works in verse 9. So that no one can boast. You didn't do anything to get saved. Jesus did everything to get you saved. He gave you grace and is a gift of grace through faith. Through us just saying, yes, that's all I did. Jesus chose me. Jesus saw me. Jesus, Jesus says, I want that child. And all I said was, yes, 17 years old. God, yes, I need you. Verse 10. Here's the responsibility. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. It's like, whoa. There it is. There's like Paul telling us we got to do something. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Here's what Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 10 say real simply. You didn't do anything to become a Christian except say yes. Jesus pursued you. Jesus saw you and where you were and he said, I want that person. And tonight maybe you're like, dude, I don't have a relationship with God. Jesus is chasing you tonight. Stop. Turn around and say yes, because I promise you, eight years later, I see more and more every single day as I surrender my life and my family and everything I am to Jesus, I need it more and more every day. And so tonight, if you're like, I don't have a relationship with God, stop, turn around, and surrender, because he's chasing you. You're not, you're not searching for God, he's searching for you. He, you're not finding God, he's already found you, and he just wants you to say yes tonight. Maybe that's you. But for the rest of us who would say, I'm a Jesus follower, it's not, you didn't do anything. You just turned around and said yes. But then it says, for we are his workmanship, or masterpiece, or or piece of art. We are God's piece of art, masterpiece, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work. So God created you and I to do something, is what this verse says. So tonight we're going to look at two things. Doing something now involves at least two things. Probably more. We're going to look at two. Here's the first one. Doing something now starts by grace. That's very clear there in Ephesians chapter 2. 
For by grace you have been saved. Before I can do anything that matters anywhere, I have to have a relationship with the one that can do it. And so by grace, I get that. Here's what grace means, if you don't know. It's kind of a Bible word. I didn't know what it meant when I first started coming to church, so I'm glad somebody explained it. Grace is getting something you don't deserve. A way we say it in church is unmerited favor. That I didn't deserve it. It'd be like, it'd be like if I gave you $100 two weeks ago, and, and you said, I'll pay you back when I can. That's cool, man. And then two weeks later, you come to me and you're like, dude, I can't pay you. I can give you maybe, I can give you like 20 now. We can do like five payments of 20, but I can't pay you the whole thing right now. Great, me showing you grace in a small way would be like me telling you, don't worry about it, man. Well, okay, I'll pay you next week. No, 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 just don't worry about the 100 bucks. It's yours, no big deal. That's me in a little teeny way showing you grace. And so for us in our relationship with God, it's that we had no hope of, of ever crossing the bridge of sin in our lives. That there's this thing called sin that we had no hope of escaping. And God, and we talked about this in Ephesians or in Philippians 2, God stepped into human history and he said this. He said, I'm going to take on the penalty for you. I'm going to pay the price. And by grace, you have been saved. That You don't need to figure out how to get through this sin stuff. All you need to do is surrender to who I am. This weekend we talked about this and I thought this was so good. Grace is a gift. The fact that I opened my eyes and you opened your eyes this morning and we woke up from this weird, mysterious thing we do every night called sleep is grace. Like the fact that my body said, wake up, Scott, whether it was an annoying alarm that woke me up or Bryce screaming because he had poop in his diaper. Like grace, grace. The fact that you go to the school you go to is grace. Maybe you're like, dude, I hate my school. I promise you we can find some schools in Las Vegas that you will hate more. Who plays sports? Anybody play sports? Like where you travel and go to different schools? Like tell me you don't go, thank God I don't go to this school. When you, like, your bus pulls up and you're like, is it okay to get out? Like, <laughs> right? That's, I played baseball in high school and I thought that sometimes. Like I hated my school. This school is bad. I don't like this school. It's grace. You were placed, you didn't choose the school you go to. For some of you who maybe think, I did choose the school I go to, it's grace that you have the friends you have at the school you go to. It's grace that you have the family you have. It's grace that you were born where you were born. Vance said that this weekend is so good. I was born in Southern California where there's churches everywhere and there's the gospel everywhere and I can hear about a relationship with God everywhere and it still took me 16 years to say yes. I know some guys I talked to this week, Jim and Dong and, and, and Mike in Thailand. They didn't choose to be born in Thailand. They just were. It's by grace that I was born here and that I get a chance to be a part of all the things, the benefits we have as Americans. It's grace. The problem is, is, is we, we hear this word so much and we we talk about it so much, and it's a church word we live in so much, that what we start to do is we start to hog this thing called grace. It's this gift that Jesus gave us. By grace you have been saved, not of your own work so that anyone should boast. But then what I do is I take it, and it's like my little bug or something. You know, you, you ever do that in like elementary school? You like bring something to school you're not supposed to have, and you're like showing it around like it's something like, hey, check out my cricket. Yeah, it's sweet. Maybe if it was like a little chicken. You ever have a chicken? No? Chicken? Who brings a chicken? I don't know. Where did that come from? 
a lizard. That's what I was going for. Like, I used to catch lizards all the time. And, like, you show up at, at school and you're in your class and you go, hey, dude, I caught a lizard at lunch. But seriously, sometimes we, the grace that God has so graciously given us, we treat it like that. Hey, H, check out my grace. I put it on my Facebook. Hopefully nobody looks. I have a couple friends who know I'm a Christian or know what I do on Sunday night. And it's just kind of this little pocket thing that we pull out every once in a while and we show. Hey. Somehow we hog this thing. And that's not God's desire. God's desire is that I would say, God, you've given me grace. And so everything that you've given me, God, live that through me. And would it just be all over my life? So that I'm showing grace everywhere. I'm showing grace with my family. I'm showing grace with my friends. I'm showing grace with the people that I don't like at school. I'm showing grace with that teacher that drives me crazy. The first thought of us getting involved in God's kingdom is understanding first that why we're in God's kingdom is nothing to do with us. It's grace. And that shouldn't just sit in our hearts. Grace is the fuel that fuels this, this thing of doing anything that matters. It says in your notes there, grace shouldn't just sit in our hearts. It should flow through our lives. It's not something that I just receive one day and then I just hold it in like I'm, you know, protecting a football as I'm running. And I don't want anyone to touch it. I don't want anyone to get it. No. As we start doing something with our lives that matters, that counts, that, that God's kingdom is impacted by, first it's understanding who we are and who he is. And that's that he gave us grace. When spiritual things like refuge, when every message we teach at refuge or the big service or every song we sing or every time you're reading your Bible and you're learning stuff, if that's not going through my ears, to my brain, to my heart and out of my life, what's the point? My whole head's just exploding with knowledge and knowledge puffs up, the Bible says. When I just know a bunch of stuff, I look at you and think, you don't know as much as me. That's not God's will. Doing something now starts with me internalizing the stuff that he's teaching me and letting it go from my life into other people's lives. As we get involved in the kingdom of God, the first step to doing something now for the kingdom is God, thank you for your grace. It starts by understanding the grace that we've been given. Here's the second thing that we're talking about tonight. It's doing something now not only starts by grace, but it also continues with obedience and sacrifice. Continues with obedience and sacrifice. Here's what I mean by that. We're, we're gonna read Romans chapter 12, first few verses in Romans chapter 12. And it goes right alongside the verses in Ephesians 2, and helps us understand what exactly the Bible is calling us to. Here's Ephesians 12, or Romans 12, 1 through 6. A lot of you have heard these verses before. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, or sisters, if that's you, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. Here's that first part saying. My sacrifice to God is saying every day, God, not my will, but your will be done. God, you've saved me by your grace. What do you want from my life? 
I'm laying myself down for the purposes of who you are. God, use me. Use me in my lunch table today. Use me in my, in my family who's lost. Use me, God. That's my spiritual act of worship is when I submit myself to Jesus and I say, God, whatever you want for my life today. I don't care if I'm 11 or I'm 18. God, use me. And then it says, do not be conformed to the world. I'm not gonna get wrapped up in the things of this world, but I'm gonna be transformed by my relationship with Jesus. I'm gonna be listening, internalizing, reading the Bible, spending time with God, getting involved with the things that we're doing here at Hope and at Refuge. And I'm gonna be being transformed by the renewing of my mind and my relationship with Jesus. He goes on to say in verse three, for by grace, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. You didn't do anything. That's what Paul's saying. But to think with sober judgment, understanding what really happened, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually, individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Here's what he's saying. Surrender your heart and life to Christ every day. It's not just like a one-time camp thing. Like every day you're asking God, what do you want from me? I'm not gonna be wrapped up in the things of the world. I'm gonna be wrapped up in the things of you, God, in my relationship, pursuing that intimacy with you. And I'm not gonna think of myself higher than I ought to think because it's all grace anyways. And God, you've given me gifts and abilities. What would you have me do with those? Because I have gifts and abilities that some of you don't have. And some of you have gifts and abilities that I don't have. And so there's this thing called the body of Christ, which is the church around the world. And we all work together to fulfill the kingdom of God. What we want to try to get in your heads tonight and throughout the coming weeks is you are in the kingdom of God. I don't care if you're in sixth grade and your life revolves around Xbox. You are involved in the kingdom of God if you would say, I'm a Jesus follower. There's a, there's a task, there's a thing that God wants to do in and through your life. When we sur- surrender ourselves to Jesus every day, asking, what is it, God, you would have me do today? I really believe God will say, I want you to do something now, and here's what it is. Let me, let me do this through your life. Say, what is that for me? I don't know. What are you passionate about? What are you, what is your thing, your niche, your your gift? As we close tonight, I'll give you my story. Went to basic high school. Um, got saved when I was 16 in summer, right before I turned 17. And my thing was music. Like, don't stop me. I am going to be a rock star and tour the world and yada, yada, yada. That's my thing. And when I got saved, it was like, that's cool. I have a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to go to heaven one day. Cool. But like, Jesus, you do your thing and I'm going to do my thing. Even though I love you and I like, I'm saved and stuff now, I'm still doing the rock star thing. So I enrolled at UNLV and I started taking business and music classes. And it was my thing that I was going to start an independent record label, be a producer, move to LA, do the whole thing. But then I got an opportunity to go to this small little Bible college in Southern California that my whole family thought was crazy that I wanted to go to because it was unaccredited. So basically you go for two years and academically you've done nothing. That's what it means. But I was like, I think this is what God wants, as weird as that is. 
But I, I used it as the disguise of I'm going to learn about Jesus. But I'm also getting closer to L.A. My plan was go be an intern at Capitol Records. Go be an intern somewhere in one of these music industries. And then I'll start learning all the business and I'll meet the right people. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm still going to tour the world. And I'm going to be on the Warp Tour. And it's going to be amazing. Like that's my goal. That's my dream. And Jesus, again, thanks for your grace. But I have my plans. Don't mess it up. He messed it up. Like I showed up to Bible college. I never took one trip to LA. I never went and talked to one executive at a, thing, at a, at a record company to, to become a, a whatever, a producer, an intern. Because I started going to this Bible college where they just started teaching me God's word. And I'd never been taught God's word like this, ever. And I started reading things like Romans chapter 12, 1, where it says to present your whole body, your whole life as a, as a sacrifice to Jesus. That's your spiritual, spiritual act of worship. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And what I thought I was passionate about, God just started changing me. And all of a sudden, I became really not passionate about being a rock star and touring the world and making music forever. And I still love hanging out, making music in my bedroom, my little studio. It's really just two speakers. And I love leading worship at Refuge, and I still, I still love music. But God birthed in me a new passion. So I don't know what that is for you. That could be anything. It could be the thing you're passionate about. Look, God could have used me, and I could have toured the world as a musician, and God could have touched thousands, if not, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of lives through my ministry. That could be you. Or maybe you love to play basketball, or you love to dance, or you're in theater. I don't know what that is for you, but all God is saying is, I want you to do something with the gifts I've given you. I want you to get involved in the kingdom of God. It's not a separate thing from your life that you go to every once in a while. No, it is your life. And I really, really want us to get that tonight. And I need to get that every day because I lose sight of it. And so do all the leaders in the room. We just lose sight of that, that the kingdom of God is not something we could get involved in. The kingdom of God is right now and we are involved in it. I'm gonna invite the band to come up. Here's what I want to challenge you with as we end tonight. We want to give you at Refuge one small way to do something right now. When you go to your small group, you're going to all get these cards. And it just says on the top, it's a do something now card. And here's what it says on the back. It's got some information you'll fill out, who you are, what your address is, grade, all that kind of stuff. But then there's, there's, there's six options of ways that you can plug into what we're doing at Refuge. And listen, this isn't six things that encompass the entire kingdom of God. Don't misunderstand that. But when I first became a Christian and somebody said, hey, what are you, where are you serving at? I was like, is that part of the deal? You have to serve somewhere? No, it's not necessarily like a requirement, but Jesus does say, get involved, do something. Is there fruit in your life? Or are you just coming and picking out spiritually and not really doing anything with this grace that I've given you? And so for some of you, maybe that is signing up to be a part of the big church team. Here's what that means. We'll put you on a rotation and maybe once, twice a month, you'll show up at the main services and your goal is when you see students walk out of the door of big church that you've never seen before, your goal is to say, I wanna meet that person and invite them to refuge. Because they may not be Christians and when they come to refuge, they're gonna hear the gospel. Or they may be 
spiritual orphans that they don't really have teenagers to hang out with that love Jesus. There's a whole bunch of teenagers in the room at Refuge that love Jesus. It's a good thing to get that person involved in what we're doing. Maybe for you, that's joining this band and using the gifts that God has given you to praise Jesus and to lead other people in worship. Ben is not the worship leader here tonight. Kara's a worship leader. Alex is a worship leader. Austin's a worship leader. Sarah's back there. You can't really see her, but she's a worship leader. She's leading people in worship. So here's what I want you to do. In your small groups, your small group leaders, I'm going to walk around and hand them out to all the small group leaders. But you guys are going to fill this thing out. I want everyone to do it. Because maybe you're like, I don't really want to serve. I would love to get you plugged in because I think once you start serving, you're going to love it. Maybe you don't want to now. You're going to be like, this is cool. This kingdom of God stuff is cool. Like I'm involved in something, something that matters. There's a lot of different options here for you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick two. That doesn't mean you're going to always do two. But maybe you like, I don't really know. I'll pick this one and this one. And maybe we'll help you decide which one's right for you. As we hang out with you and we, we let you serve in that way, we'll say, we, man, you rock at this. I think you should major on this. But if everyone in the room picks two, then we're going to have a bunch of serving students who are doing something. And again, this isn't it. You can do something tomorrow at school when that person's hurt and broken who's sitting by themselves at the lunch table. You can do something and walk over there and say, hey man, what's your name? I never met you. Let that grace of God spill out of your lives. So that's what tonight's going to look like as we move to small groups. So Jesus, thank you for tonight. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you that I absolutely did nothing to receive your grace. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But in eternity past, you looked down and saw me. And you looked down and saw these students who know you and love you. And you said, I want them. God, thank you for the people in the room that have said yes to that. But God, I pray for the people who haven't said yes. God, would you work on their hearts in these two songs? God, would you push us towards obedience and sacrifice? Would you push us towards doing something for the kingdom of God, no matter what age we are? Jesus, use this time. Do something in every heart in the room tonight. Work right now. Move, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.